The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the moment in our day when we seek stillness in God's presence, guidance from the Word of God, and grace to live by faith. This is the moment when we view horizontal living from the divine perspective. For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now here's today's message. We hope it will be a blessing. Welcome to Beside Still Waters. I'm so glad we have this opportunity to just talk face to face, heart to heart, about truths found in the scriptures that affects our perspective, affects the way we handle trials, difficulties in our lives, and most importantly, affects our relationship with God. And so at Beside Still Waters, we will have face-to-face conversations about a variety of subjects, albeit it may be the lives of uh, saints that have gone before and how they lived out their walk, how they lived out their relationship with God and uh, what was gained, what was lost, lessons learned, and most importantly, how we can apply the lessons that they learned to our lives, that our lives might be a light in a dark place. So today, uh, we are going to be thinking about the best made plans, the best made plans. And we're going to be looking at the life of Abraham. And I'm sure you've heard many speakers talk about Abraham, his life, and all that he learned, and what he went through, and his challenges. But I'd like to provide you a a very simple perspective, if you will. What we really want to do in these quiet moments is to look at life on the horizontal plane from a divine perspective. And so I would like you to turn to Genesis chapter 11, and and you're going to hear my pages turning because I love to hear pages turning. I enjoy that. Of course, someone needs to develop an app, and there are apps out there that uh, as you turn the page, you hear the sound. But this is not one of those. Genesis chapter 11. And looking at about the 29th verse. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, a daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. And Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram his son and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son's, Abram's wife. And they went forth together out of Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and came as far as Haran, and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred 
and five years, and Terah died in Haran. And Jehovah said to Abram, Go out of thy land, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, to the land I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of earth be blessed. Now it doesn't get any better than that. But what we're looking at is a family, pagans, if you will, making plans to start a new life or to go to a place where they may have heard that life can be better, it can be different, it can be more rewarding. And what we find is that people make plans. We all make plans. We make plans to get married. We meet someone that we love, and we want to start a life together with them. And we see here that in this narrative that these men took wives. They fell in love. These are normal events. But what we find is embedded in the best made plans are the very things that God uses to grow us and to deepen us. I prefer to look at it as these are God's opportunities to step into the arena of our lives in a very unique way, but not in an easy way, not easy for us. Why do you say so? Well, at verse 30, here's the first opportunity that's embedded in Abram's life. Sarai was barren. Couldn't have any children. It's not told of us or told to us as to the reasons why this is so. But this is so. Not only that, but in the best made plans, things happen. Circumstances come our way that we could not factor into our plans. Because if we did, we probably would not take the course of action that we are. Here's the second item in verse 32. And the days of Terah were 205. So we have an aged father or an aged uncle who is leading the clan in a new direction. And Terah died in Haran. And I know as you and I talk, as we converse about this, look back on the panorama of your life. And where were the circumstances that caused an exclamation point to be found? When you made plans and the plans went off the rails, as it were, and changes needed to be made, but I want to suggest to you that it's right at these crisis points that God has 
placed, if you will, a door that if we are willing, he can step right in and change us or change our circumstances or change both. So, chapter 12. God steps in. God steps in. And he is about to redirect Abram's steps. Because God wants to do a work that not only affects a person, but very often persons. More than one. If he grows you and grows me as a Christian. I'm not a Christian to myself, but I'm bringing forth fruit. I'm bringing forth characteristics. I'm bringing forth personality changes that affects other people, that provides blessings to other people. You know the well-stated and known verses in Galatians, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. But these characteristics, the graces, the evidences of the Holy Spirit of God, very often blesses us, but more frequently blesses others. But here's the first life lesson, I think, that is vitally important. Okay, And if you will, you can turn in your phone <laughs> or uh, in your Bible to the 119th Psalm and the 132nd verse. Okay, And it's a very simple verse. It, it just simply says, Turn unto me and be gracious unto me, as thou art wont to do unto those that love thy name. Very simple verse. Well, turn to me. Turn. I'm asking God to turn to me. Turn towards me. And when we make plans, well-made plans, and circumstances happen, they present themselves in very often negative circumstances. What should a person do? A person of faith, one who's trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the psalmist, the writer of the 119th Psalm, says it plainly. That person turns to God and beseeches God to turn to him. Turn to me. Because now there's the awareness that I need the grace of God to be operative in my life in the midst of this trial. Turn to me. Be gracious to me. In other words, extend grace. I don't deserve what I'm about to ask of you, but I need you because I cannot do this alone. And the writer goes on to say, as thou art wont to do unto those that love thy name. So there's a relationship here. We're a little different from Abram. 
Abram receives the grace of God in a grand, on a grand scale because he was a pagan. He was an idol worshiper. And God stepped into the arena, arena of this man's life. And the psalmist is saying, turn to me. Be gracious to me. And this is what you, God, this is what you have done to those who love your name. And so I would encourage you, as we're just sitting here talking, that whatever your crisis is, that door has now swung open and you can ask God to turn to you. But it gets better. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9, it reads, The heart of man deviseth his way, but Jehovah directeth his steps. I'm an advocate of making goals, making plans, and detailed. It's great to have a vision of where you'd like to go a year or two or five years, as far out as we can envision. Make plans. But be cognizant of the fact that as you and I devise our plans, ultimately God has a plan. And if we belong to him, he has a plan that has in it blessing and good for others. And we have to leave room for God to direct our steps. Now, he will. But I am assuming that as we live our lives out, as we work our plans, as we try to make them come to fruition, we are sensitive to the fact that God has to direct our steps one way or the other. Here's another timely verse that we ought to take to heart when we are in the process of making our plans and most importantly, when circumstances have occurred that seems to derail our plans. And this is what Jeremiah wrote. Now, keep in mind that Jeremiah wrote at a time when uh, economically, politically, and spiritually, uh, the, the southern kingdom of Judah was not in a good place. Judgment was coming. Nebuchadnezzar and his armies, the Babylonians, were on their way. So Jeremiah's perspective is really right on point. And this is what he says in the 10th chapter and uh, the 23rd verse. I know Jehovah that the way of man is not his own. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Pay attention to that. It's not in man that walks to direct his steps. One of the mysteries of this life, I think if most people, most Christians grasped, it would be, it would be life-changing. And it is this, that you can make plans, but God has a plan that he is going to execute no matter what, and for his glory, and to usher in at a future time the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. But apart from that, God is sovereign. 
He is sovereign. He has a plan, and he is executing that plan without overriding our free wills. And Jeremiah states it plainly. It's not in us. We don't have the capacity to know the beginning, the present, and the future in such a way that we can guide our steps for the benefit and blessing of others, for the good of others, and our own good. It's not in man. And we are seeing in the life of Abram, although a pagan, he's about to experience the grace of God in a, just a, a, a monumental way that God just broke into time and space and spoke to this man. But take heed to what Jeremiah says. It's not in you. I know it's very popular in, in, in uh, Christendom today that, that uh, you have a prosperity message. If that's what they want to proclaim, wonderful, have at it. But here's the problem. Life happens. Circumstances that we cannot control occur. In Abram's life, uh, Tira died. The one who was spearheading this move to a new life He's dead now. Add to that, Sarai and Abram don't have the capacity in their lives to uh, perpetuate his own name. She's barren. What do you do? How do you change that? Turn with me, if you will, to uh, Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. This is really, this illustrates, I think, what really happens and what can happen if we are willing. Elizabeth and Zechariah, as you know, they were uh, aged. And um, uh, when Zechariah was executing his, his uh, priestly duties, if you will, the scripture says in verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right of the altar of incense. So it's to Zechariah's left that he's looking at this angel. <laughs> Uh, how, how's that for uh, your morning worship? And the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, because thy supplication has been heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Now just, just think about that for a moment. This man was beyond the point of having children. But here's what is such a great life lesson for us. When our best-made plans fall apart, or we are in the process of making plans. He kept on praying. He kept his desire, the thing he wanted before God, in that secret place. I think this is just a marvelous life lesson for us. We give up and we give in too easily when God seems slow to answer. But this man persevered in prayer. He the thing he wanted was important to him, and he kept it before God. We read earlier that, that, that psalm in 119th Psalm. I'm turning to you, God. Be gracious to me. And for those that love you, this is what you want to do. Essentially, it's what the psalmist was saying. I'm turning to you. Be gracious to me. Extend grace to me. I don't deserve it, but I'm asking you to step into my arena and meet me at the point of my crisis. And Zechariah continued before God. And the answer came, and God sent an emissary who stands before him, Gabriel. 
And he says, God has heard your supplication. I think this is just a marvelous life lesson. Because in my praying, I ought to be praying so God can hear. And I want to say this. We don't often hear it. We don't like to think it. But the way I'm living also affects my praying. We will see in Abram's life that he made a few wrong turns here and there, but he always came back to that central point where he met God, and we'll learn about that at our next podcast. But this is vital. To stay with God until the answer comes. I don't mean a few days of praying and we say, in Jesus' name, and we expect it to just happen. There are those moments, yes. But there are times that God would delay the answer so that we would be persevering before him, waiting on him, reminding him of his promises, asking for grace, for him to turn to us graciously. And based on the evidences of Scripture, we are assured we will get an answer. In fact, the Lord Jesus said it when he said, Ask and it shall be given to you. In the original languages, it is ask and keep on asking. Don't stop asking. Pray until the answer comes. But pray. Oh, it's a wonderful life lesson. But it strengthens us and it strengthens our faith because we are depending on the evidence that God has given in his word that he is hearing and he's going to respond. However, be warned. I can't live carelessly and expect a holy God to be responsive. Bear that in mind. Now, finally, this is, this is, this is for me, one of my all-time favorite verses in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Okay, this is, this is my go-to when problems come, when trial comes, when plans are derailed, and they will be. Let's read it. Quick backdrop. We are looking at the life of King Asa. King Asa, king of Judah, started out really great. Oh, yes, this man was on point in terms of his trust for God. We won't go into that right now. You can read the, the narrative uh, of his life and his rule. But there came a point at the latter end of his rule that the uh, Ethiopians and Libyans came against him with a million-man army. And they had chariots. And uh, at one point, he so trusted God he leaned on God's faithfulness that they were delivered into his hands. So he had a victory there, a great victory. Now, several years, I think uh, a little over a decade and a half passed, and another king, uh, Baasha of Israel, came up against him. This is in chapter 16. And uh, the scripture says that uh, King Baasha of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah in order to let none go out or come in. So King Asa is faced with a crisis. Now, he had learned and had in his repertoire life lessons of looking to God and, and having Jehovah respond 
to fight for him. He had that as his life lesson. But this is what he did. Scripture says, And Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of Jehovah and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, and between my father and thy father. And behold, I send thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened to the king, and sent out captains of his forces against the cities of Israel. And they smote Ijon and Dan and Al-Bem-Maim. I love those, those terms, those names. They really sort of swing you for a left turn. But anyway, and all the store magazines of the cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when, ben, uh, when Baasha heard of it that he left off building Ramah and let his work cease. And King Asa took uh, all of Judah and they carried away the stones and the timber from Ramah and uh, with which Baasha had been building, and he built with them Geba and Mizpah. So, quick summary. You have a king coming against you that has a larger army than you. So you make a league with another king so that your combined forces are larger than the enemy who has come against you. Practical wisdom. People do it all the time. Strength in numbers. However, in verse 7, Hanani, the seer, came to King Asa and said unto him, Because thou hast, pay attention, thou hast relied on the king of Syria and hast not relied on Jehovah thy God, therefore has the army of the king of Syria escaped out of thy hand. Pause. This man of God tells the king, You didn't trust Jehovah. You trusted Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. Now, he used practical wisdom that we all do. When circumstances happen, when our best-made plans begin to unravel, what do we do? We revert to what has worked in the past, the wisdom of the day. And when a Christian is walking with God, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot cannot revert to the wisdom of the day. The man of God said to him, because you relied on the king of Syria, because you trusted your time-tested experience of the, the wisdom of the day, the work of God, the plan of God, the thing that God had for you didn't come to pass. For this king God intended to capture the Syrian king, and he escaped. And so when we begin to trust ourselves, our experience, the advice of others, not that it's not good and that we shouldn't have counsel, but if we're seeking the face of God concerning a thing that's important to us, we've got to look to God wholeheartedly. And I'm coming to the verse. But we often stumble right at this point. And we look horizontally at what has worked for others and we execute that plan, not cognizant of the fact that God may have a better plan. And this is what the seer, the man of God, said to King Asa. By 
favorite verse. Verse 9, For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Let me read that again. The eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Simply put, here it is. God is searching the earth right now. God has allowed a crisis, plans, to go awry in the life of some of his children. For one reason, he wants to create an opportunity where he can step into the arena of our life and present himself in such a way to us that we will never be the same again. Because that door of opportunity, that door of crisis that was opened was God's opportunity to step through out of eternity, so to speak, into time and space, into our life, and make a change in such a way that we would know beyond the shadow of a doubt it is the hand of God that has made this change. And the encouragement to me as an ordinary human being, my only task is to be looking to him single-heartedly. That's it, looking to him. God, be gracious to me. And I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting your promises. And he says he wants to show himself strong. He wants to show what he can do. My dear friend, I'm saying to you that your crisis, whatever that is, is God's opportunity to show himself strong to you. And as we just quiet our hearts at this place beside still waters, let it be a moment when we turn to God and we simply ask him to be gracious to us, to turn towards us. And because we've set our love on him, this is exactly what he wants us to do. Now we're doing it, and we're looking to him. Remind him, I'm looking to you, Lord. I'm looking to you. Oh, may it be just a blessing that we would have in our life that even though our hearts ache because of plans that didn't work the way we intended. We have the comfort of the presence of the living God showing himself strong on our behalf, right in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our disappointment. Father, we just present ourselves to you again today, and we're asking you for your grace. Turn to us. Reserve a blessing for us as we wait upon you beside still waters. Thank you for joining Besides Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Besides Still Waters is the quiet moment in the stillness of God's presence to receive guidance, light, and grace to live by faith. I hope you've been helped and encouraged to press on living for the glory of God. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you on this podcast. To stay connected, please follow Christian Javois on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. 
and we will see you on the next podcast of Beside Still Waters.